Hello out there in Radio Land. You're listening to Mountain Talk on WMMT, your mountain community radio station. I'm your host, Rachel Geringer, and in this episode, we're celebrating the 30th birthday of an important youth leadership and media training center based here at Apple Shop, the Appalachian Media Institute. First, we'll hear from current AMI director Kate Fowler and All Access EKY project director Willa Johnson, who share their personal histories with the program, as well as an overarching history of the past 30 years at AMI. Then, Oakley Fugate and Destiny Caldwell, two former AMI interns who are still involved with the project today, share a few favorite memories and describe how AMI has shaped their lives. Willa and I'm the project director for All Access EKY here at Apple Shop and I started as an intern in 2007 with the Appalachia Media Institute um, and over the years have continued to do work with them and All Access EKY is um, part of Appalachia Media Institute um, and uh, a cute story a funny story I guess is we um, my first summer of AMI, they they sent us out to go film on our own, and um, I feel like this is a story we could appreciate. <laughs> um, uh, they sent us out to film on our own, and it was myself, um, my co-producer on our summer documentary, and our peer trainer, and we all came back with a puppy, each one of us. <laughs> individually came back with a puppy um one was named audrey hepburn one was named dolly parton and one was named rock and roll (laughs) um they were uh strays in pound virginia um that we found and we couldn't leave them and so we all came back with one and we all each left with the dog that day um and all of our parents were like, absolutely not. No animals. They're not staying. So Dolly Parton <laughs> got rehomed. Rock and roll. We're not sure what happened to rock and roll, to be honest. Um, we... How appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Audrey uh, stayed and lived with me for quite some time because I threw a large, huge fit with my family. Um and defended Audrey (laughs) and she stayed for years um, and was the best dog I've ever had. (laughs) So my name is Kate and I'm the director of the Appalachian Media Institute at Apple Shop. I started in 2016 um, and I'm from Richmond, Virginia, but I've known about Apple Shop 
since my sophomore year of college when I took a documentary filmmaking class and we studied a lot of Apple Shop films, including Stranger with a Camera, which is still my favorite movie to this day by the amazing Elizabeth Barrett. Um, and my funniest, well, I, have, I think that uh, it's really hard to pick a funniest story of AMI because <laughs> there are many and they happen every day. Um, but I have like a few, like a highlight of my favorite moments. Um, one of which is traveling to Blacksburg, Virginia for the Appalachian Studies Association Conference with a group of interns from the 2016 Summer Documentary Institute. And uh, we're all in the car. We have this like blue minivan that's very uh, like a mom minivan. And we're driving down the road. And of course, all the interns are looking really cool, wearing their best jean jackets. And an ABBA song comes on. And I pull up to this intersection with this group of young people. And I turned up the ABBA really, really loud and rolled down all of their windows simultaneously. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like this perfect moment of like the entire car kind of like slumping down (laughs) into their seats to kind of hide. And I, it was like at once like a great glimpse into my future motherhood where I was like, Oh yeah, this, this is what we do it for. These are the moments. Um, But that was really funny and uh, will stick with me forever. I'm not um, a regular director. I'm a fun director. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another one of my favorite memories is uh, from that same ASA conference. Um, We are sitting in this keynote that is oriented towards youth, and it's about how can the youth of Appalachia kind of save the region from its uh, challenges in this moment. And the person that they brought is this incredible, like, NASA scientist who's done a lot of climate work and who has written a book for his grandchild about um, how they've got to take it on headfirst and they're, they're the future. And so anyways, it turned out to just be a panel discussion or a keynote about that didn't really include youth, and it went on for an extremely long time. And I look over while a lot of the interns are, like, napping and drawing. (laughs) And at one point, the keynote speaker says, like, in the 60s, I did this protest, and I was arrested. And I look over right as one of the interns passes me a note that just says, arrest him again. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Which is like the funniest, <laughs> the funniest thing ever. Um, so, anyways, we all stuck it out in the next year. ASA, after getting feedback, brought in a whole keynote plenary filled with young people and their perspectives, which is really great. But <laughs> that kind of honesty is the trademark of AMI, I think. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same trip as the ABBA. Same trip. <laughs> I'm wondering um, if y'all could kind of describe what AMI has been and and the history of it that you know, right? So AMI turns 30 this year, which is wild. It's almost as old as some of us or is as old as some of us <laughs> on this uh, interview right now. Um, and so that's like a pretty incredible feat. And I'm wondering... Um, 
yeah, how you would describe AMI to folks who don't know what it is, but also what you know of sort of the history of how it came to be and how it's shifted over the years. Big questions. Um, yep. <laughs> AMI, uh, to me, and the way I always describe it to people is AMI um, is a leadership and media training program. Um, I think often the media is what gets focused on, but um, so much of what comes out of it is good leadership training um, and, and just skills that you can carry with you through different parts of your life. Um, not everyone comes out wanting to produce media at the end, but everyone comes out wanting to love their community better or be a better participant in their community. Um, so that's a, a big part of the program for me. Um, in the summer, our summer program is our big, our big focus. Um, and it is, uh, the Summer Documentary Institute. And traditionally, um, it's an eight week program where we spend four weeks with usually up to 12 young people. And um, we watch a lot of films. We watch a, a lot of media, um, things that are produced here at Apple Shop, things that aren't produced at Apple Shop, but maybe about the region. Um, and we start to dissect those. Um, how do they tell a story? Um, what visuals did they use to tell that story? Um, how did an angle change the way you looked at a scene? Um, and really start to break things like that down. Um, we also do a lot of talking. Um, so there's a lot of like fishbowls and conversations about your community and where you grew up and what you love here, what you hate here. Um, and then at the end, and, and in that time, you also get camera training. So you learn how to use a camera. You learn how to tell a story. You learn how to compose a shot, how to set up audio. And then the last four weeks, um, they break off into groups and they choose a film that represents their community. And they spend four weeks just producing a documentary. Um, and it's, uh, you know, to produce a 10 to 15 minute film with four weeks and it's your first training is a huge task to take on. But they always, they throw themselves into it. They dedicate themselves so much to the project that they produce things that um, students in college who've had two, two, three years of training um, might not accomplish. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot of hands-on learning really quickly. Um and the thing that I always find really interesting about the summer is, um, myself included, at the beginning we say, do you love or hate home? There's not a lot of love for home. <laughs> There's a lot of like criticisms of where we grew up. There's a lot of criticisms of the community we're in, um, or uncertainty, maybe not even, maybe not even hatred or blame or anything, just uncertainty about their futures here or what can happen here. Um, and a lot of that is they've just never really talked about it. Um, and so the more they, the more you start to talk about it, the more they start to defend home. You see this transition where it's like no longer hating on home, but like, well, this isn't exactly what I want here, but maybe it's because of this. And so the more they go through that process by the end, they're really wanting to show a film that represents a community that they love or that they want to see get better, or that they want to help impact on some level. Um, you know, it, they never, it, you never come out like everything's roses by the end, but you come out with like this love um, that's uh, a very realistic love of your community where you want to um, show it in the, in the light that you see it and um, also commit to it in a way that maybe you weren't committed before. I love that. It's like, it's like 
it's like facilitating a space for people to develop like a more complex love for their home, right? Like yeah. that it doesn't have to be either or or this strict kind of negative or positive, but that we can like love all the contradictions and all the all the things that are that are hard, but that the pieces of hard things that are good and the pieces of good things that are complicated and like a more nuanced picture of home. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we're often, Appalachia is often criticized for either being like this fatalist point of view or this overly romanticized point of view. Um, But there's very little space, it seems, for people to talk realistically about it in there. Um, And I think AMI really gives that space. And I think one reason why is because we always work to bring together kids from all different backgrounds to participate. Um, I sort of always make the joke that every summer we're building the breakfast club, (laughs) but it's kind of true. Like we want kids from different, different types of homes, different types of communities within the region um, to be having these conversations, to be contributing to it. And so, um, and that's one thing that I have really found and valued as I've moved on to being an educator in the program is that whenever um, I really like having students who are diverse in the program because one will say, I really love that we're a close-knit community. And another one will say, actually, I really found the close-knit community to cause a lot of gossip and hardships for my family. And like breaking down like where where close-knit is good and where sometimes it's not. Um, and so it, it, keeps, it keeps that balance. So you never really go to too negative and you really never go too romanticized you live in the reality of it um and that's one thing i think is really strong and powerful um and and i think it's why we i think it's why we create good leaders because they're not looking at it in a um stereotypical way they're looking at it in the way that they um have always seen it but now have the tools to be able to talk about it that's great um Kate, what about you? Anything you would add to that or any sort of history of AMI that you would you would want to share? <laughs> um, so AMI shared a birthday with me this year. Both turned 30 at the same time. I turned 30 in January. Um, so I think it's just kind of a serendipitous thing. But we are actually, Will and I just did last week, um, we're right in the middle of our strategic planning process for AMI in its 30th year, and part of that process was taking a really, really deep dive into the history of the program, how it started, um, all the directors who have been a part of it, all the visions that have um, surrounded the program over the last 30 years, which was really amazing, and I feel like I learned a lot that I just hadn't known before. Um, So I did learn recently, we were just talking about this at the beginning of the call, that um, it was started, the idea of it at least was kind of drafted during a basketball game (laughs) between uh, Jeff Hawkins, who now is director of the Kentucky Valley Educational Cooperative, and um, Dee Davis, who runs the Center for Rural Strategies. And they were both working at Apple Shop at the time and kind of were envisioning a way to get back to the heart or the roots of how Apple Shop started as a workforce initiative and community film development workshop um, during the war on poverty in 1969. So really, it's amazing that in 1988, Apple Shop was already reflecting on how they could recenter young people and young voices in the region and train them to kind of stay for the long haul and still have arts-based opportunities 
here. So that's the the very beginning of it, but it's gone through many different iterations. And one of the things that I noticed from the strategic planning process is that AMI has many, many, many different histories (laughs) (laughs) and like many different parts of it that have branched off. So I think one example of that, Willa could speak to really well, is kind of helping to incubate and support this great thing called the STAY Project, which is now kind of a regional coalition of young folks led by young folks who are kind of talking about and addressing the challenges and also the beautiful parts of staying committed to their home region. And I think Willa was one of the first people to sit at a kitchen table with Tommy Anderson and kind of draft out the idea for this. Um, And Ada Smith has been integrally involved in that, too. Another big part of the culture that came out was a thing called Youth Board, (laughs) which um, was really centered around embracing a pretty thriving punk culture in Whitesburg um, and bringing touring bands in, as well as bringing bands who are local to perform in downtown Whitesburg and kind of provide a space for young folks to do skill shares with one another. So... Um, as Willow was saying earlier, I think that it's just been kind of an incubator for a lot of youth-led movements that are really diverse and very different <laughs> over the span of 30 years. Another thing um, that's been really kind of beautiful about its history is that there's been there's been a long history, both at Apple Shop and at AMI, of like pretty strong female leadership um, within the program. So there have been incredible people like Natasha Watts who was director, um, and when when Willow went through the program, a woman named Rebecca O'Doherty, who was really young and kind of just out of college and came, and I think that during the period that she was directing the program, you really see a lot of, like, clarifying of the curriculum and really developing this intensive eight-week process that we now kind of celebrate as one of the keystones of what AMI is today, which is the Summer Documentary Institute that Willow was just referring to. Um, As somebody who came and never had an AMI when I was growing up and had never seen a program, like, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing because I've worked in, like, development. I um, was a kindergarten art teacher for a while. I worked with kind of adults transitioning into, um, like the, their professional photography careers, but coming into AMI and seeing the space that is at once both like really liberated and very centered around young people and how they express themselves, how they relate to each other, um, and that sometimes I joke that the lead educators and the director are more like the bus drivers. <laughs> like we kind of load them up and drive, but the program is really intended for young folks to have the space to do the really hard work of kind of relating to each other, of disagreeing with one another, and of reimagining place. And I haven't, I haven't seen that in any other space that I've worked in or any other educational initiative that I've been a part of. Oftentimes the spaces are so controlled or um, they sometimes become institutionalized and have a focus on like, um, you know, therapy for young folks, which I think is really essential to have that resource. But 
AMI is pretty explicitly like, you are getting hired. <laughs> you are putting in an application. You are coming to this program because you have a really unique viewpoint and perspective and set of interest to contribute to the group, the Breakfast Club at large. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in many ways, it's like merit-based, but not in the traditional sense of like, oh, I have a degree or I went through this program. It's merit based on your voice and your narrative and your history and um, your willingness to kind of share that out with other people, which I think makes it a pretty special treasure. And I totally agree uh, with Willa that sometimes the media is kind of the forward-facing part of the program, but I'd say the, the most important part of it are the relationships that are built, the kind of civic engagement that's wrapped up into the structure of the program itself. And kind of the critical questioning and development of, like, voice and vision in young people. And uh, a lot of those young folks stick around, which is pretty awesome. I love that. You're the bus driver and or van driver with the windows down and ABBA <laughs> blaring. Yeah, many van I, driver. I just have to say ABBA will never be playing in my minivan. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't make any promises about mainstream pop music, but... But, but yeah, ABBA, it's It's clear. a really good tool for embarrassment. <laughs> I just have this... ABBA will just definitely throw off the whole trip. And you know, like <laughs> you know, like those like weird like aversions you have to a celebrity, where like, you can't explain why that celebrity bothers you. Pink. That's how I feel about pink. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like irrational. It's yeah, irrational. ABBA. ABBA. Something about ABBA makes my skin crawl. It just. It what, what do you me. think of pink? <laughs> pink doesn't bother me, but I, oft, I also have this with Katy Perry. Mm. Oh, yeah. The aversion. Yeah, I feel yeah. that, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. big aversion. Um, well, this <laughs> seems like useful information yeah. for any future potential AMIers out there to know who to ride with. Yeah. <laughs> or, right. or when we ask you who your favorite musician is, just know that Abba's <laughs> not going to win you over. <laughs> if Will is reading, yeah. but maybe if Kate's reading. Yeah. It only works with Kate. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I wanted to add to what Kate was saying um, was talking about strong female leadership. And one thing I thought a lot about after last week we were talking about the history of AMI and like um, where we connect to it um, personally and, you know, what what's our story along with its story. Um, I've always known that like AMI was like my first real introduction to strong females who like I connected with and like in terms of what I wanted to do professionally. I mean, I've been raised by strong women. I had strong women throughout my entire life, but also it was the first time where like I went into a setting with a group of women who um, weren't criticizing me for anything other than whether or not I showed up and did my work. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a, oh, this would be great if you lost 20 pounds or, oh, this would be great if you tried eyeliner or, oh, this would be, you know, like (laughs) it was not, you know, like not to put stereotypical roles on women, but it was like the first time that I had, um, it was more like, this would be great if you developed this story further or, you know, you really could have done this better. And it was like pushing me to be better professionally versus to think about those things that a lot of girls have insecurities about. Mm-hmm. And so that, that, that's one thing like that I um, know was important for me. And that's one thing I see um, working with young women now is like um, 
sometimes sometimes when young girls come into the program, they bring with them a lot of insecurities about school and about roles that society has placed on them. And this is really a space where we just don't talk about like it, not that we don't address it, but we just don't focus on it. Um, We focus on things um, that are going to make you better at your job that are going to make you better at speaking that are gonna make you better at leadership. Um, And so, you know, it, it provides a space for people of all types to be able to work together um, and not and not carry those insecurities or if you do carry them with you like us being like we acknowledge those but those are not what we hold as value in this space um, which I think is really important and I've seen you know I um, I felt it as a young person and I see it now as an educator what people carry with them when they leave a public school setting to come to a setting like this it sometimes it's hard for them to make that transition but then like once it happens it's like eye-opening for them um and and I think it helps a lot a lot of times when they go back to public school at the end of the summer because they found this new way of confidence or they found this like it's the first time they felt like they fit in somewhere that they didn't have before so now like you know you don't feel alone in a public school you know you have like this whole crew around you that you bonded with this summer who is supporting you. So I think that's always an important part that, that young people take away from the program as well as, you know, we always say like you walk away with a family, but you really do walk away with like this core group of family that you've spent your entire summer with, talking through these heavy issues with, um, exposing all of your insecurities and vulnerabilities and your hopes and dreams and like finding common ground and 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 disagreeing with them <laughs> like you disagree a lot in AMI but you disagree in a way that you still respect <laughs> each other at the end um and so walking away with all of that is like a is um it builds your confidence in, into looking at the world around you outside of that building as well yeah yeah I think I think there's something really beautiful about the intensive process of AMI too um, cause I do think you're right that when young folks come in some summers, they're just kind of carrying a lot of anxiety and stress, um, from other spaces into the building and like, will I be judged if I share my story? Will I be made fun of if I, you know, share this part of my identity? And then it's like <laughs> by the last four weeks, you know, they're up at like three o'clock in the morning editing their films or they're sharing every meal at the casa around the table and spending every hour together. And it's just all that goes out of the window entirely it's like there's there's just like nothing nothing left to hide there's a great deal of intimacy in terms of like friendships that spring up in the program that I think is really nurtured by this like extremely intensive (laughs) high stress high energy fast paced got to make a film in four weeks got to be able to talk through it and also um, having to like really rapidly develop the skills to navigate conflict Um, lots of conflict through like, you know, head on dialogue with people when you're working on a documentary film. I think it's one of the most stressful situations because you're making a lot of different decisions really rapidly. You have a lot of different equipment to maintain. You're traveling, you're navigating a group of, you know, three to four other people who have different ideas. So I think all built in that is this kind of very complex way of relating your peers and kind of sacrificing your ego <laughs> sometimes um, and also being really, really vulnerable. That's, that's another thing that I really like about AMI 
is just the critique is such an essential part of it. And it doesn't just come out of nowhere, but there's actual discussion. Like, you know, what is respectful critique? How do we help each other to do our best work and to be our best selves? So it's really embedded as a core part of what AMI does is to kind of talk openly about each other's work, which is one of the most vulnerable situations you can be in. I think it's also really, it's a really important program to establish mentorships, um, to, to say like, you know, it, it is a youth program, but one thing that's really strong in is building intergenerational relationships that can really benefit, um, everyone. Um, I think I, you know, Rebecca and Natasha were huge role models for me. I still work very closely with Natasha and go to her with a lot of, um, a lot of things like to ask for her advice on. Um, and then also like getting to be in that position now, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, there was a student who, who had been, um, really judged a lot by the adults in their lives, um, for their sexuality and was just like, had just came to really hate, adults just assumed that every adult was the worst and that that's why they were all that's why they couldn't get ahead was because everyone judged them over sexuality and um and so we had a disagreement about the work they were doing um in that they weren't doing enough and so they just like just had total backlash one day against me and so I took them outside and I was like I love you I do not care about anything else other than you're a good person. And what I need you to do is do work. Everyone in there is doing the same work and I need you to take on the same role and nothing else matters to me other than you're a good person who puts in the effort. And so at the time they were like, whatever, and like left all mad at me. But then later that night was like sent this long message of like, thank you. I really needed to hear that. Like, you're right. I should be putting in more work. And like, just like this moment of like, not every adult hates you. <laughs> not every adult is an authority over you. Um, some want to work along with you. Some want to encourage you. And, you know, we have filmmakers at Apple Shop who come over and, and mentor. We have people from the community who come in and mentor. Um, and so I think that's a really strong asset. Um, you know, all, all the adults that I've looked at professionally, I met as a young person at AMI and still and still go to them. Um, people from Highlander Education Center in Tennessee, people, you know, there's all types of people who, because of AMI, I was introduced to and learned how to work alongside adults um, in a way that felt healthy and a way that felt like um, it's it's sort of. Uh, you know, it's where the stay project is and like, how do we build this network and grow together and like change the idea of what work looks like and young people's role in it and that they're not just silent participants or they're actually there, they're a voice, they're equal. And so I think AMI uh, structure is a launching point for that. Um, so what's going on at AMI this summer? What kinds of things are in the works? Yeah, so um, this summer is our 30th anniversary, and also we've been working on this project that I'm directing, the All Access EKY project. And so for the last two semesters, um, we've had a team of anywhere from five to eight young women um, producing media around the region's access to birth control and reproductive health care. Um, we have high rates of unplanned pregnancy in the region. Um 
and also just a lot of misconceptions about birth control. And so um, through the project, we started looking at things like, do we have adequate sex education? Do we have, um, are there, are there cultural barriers to accessing birth control? Um, And so um, there's been a lot of work produced around stories like this. Um, And this summer for our 30th, we really want to lift up uh, the young women who have been doing this work. Um, And so it'll be a femme identifying led summer um, and they'll be producing media um, around birth control and access to reproductive health care. So it'll be a shorter summer um, because school went exceptionally long this year. Um, so it's, it's going to be a little bit scaled down, but we're really excited to, um, have a lot of returning interns this year and also to really have a femme focused, um, summer, um, to give a lot of these young women really space to stretch their, their media legs and, and storytelling ability and, and start to tell stories. And some of them have gotten so talented over the last few years, um, or the last few semesters, I'm sorry. Um, but one was in my office editing last week on her own time. And the piece was really beautiful. And I was like, remember when I used to teach you things? Like, <laughs> you're just getting so talented. Um, so I'm really excited to see what what a full summer can do for them. Um, and, and excited to see, like, where this can connect the ideas that... Um, not only will they learn more about birth control and access to health care, but the pieces they create will connect to the community um, outside of the summer. They'll, they'll go on the All Access website, allaccesseky.org, um, and we'll be showing them in schools, hopefully colleges, um, with health care providers. Um, so really we want it to go and, and reach as far out into the um the areas as possible and even set up a model for like, you know, Appalachia things happening in Appalachia can often be a rule, um, a model for rural America, not just Appalachia. So if we're struggling for healthcare, reproductive healthcare, and we're struggling for the right to decide when we want to start a family, other pockets of rural America across the nation are, are questioning this too. And so they really have an opportunity to make media that can stretch, um, farther outside of their community this summer. That's exciting. Yeah. I think it also, it, it kind of really beautifully speaks to this uh, reflective strategic planning moment that AMI and Apple Shop is in at large. It's a really exciting summer for um, female identifying folks in general at Apple Shop. We have a Girls Rock camp coming up in August at WMMT is hosting, which is really exciting. We also have our Seed Time on the Cumberland, which is like really focusing on youth in the mountains and the history of AMI at its 30th anniversary and also the history of the state project um, at its 10th anniversary, uh, both of which have some just really awesome women like Willa and Lou Murray, who is now coordinating the state project who are kind of like fronting these projects. So it's really exciting. And one of the things that AMI has been really kind of critically reflecting on in this moment is that during our Summer Documentary Institute, I think we're really great at following this mission of kind of creating a pretty diverse pool of applicants, like really different types of folks um, coming in and working together. But one of the things that we haven't been so great at is uh, maintaining over the last few years 
uh, a pathway for young women and female-identifying people to kind of come through the program and into leadership positions. So this summer, we're really focusing on how we can continue to nourish this pathway that All Access has started with some really great young women who have gone through the program and how we can kind of lift them up into peer trainer positions and into more leadership roles within AMI. So I think it's a really kind of exciting moment for growth within the program, but also reflection on how we can do better at working to keep our young female-identifying female folks engaged and moving through the work and um, continuing to come back and kind of serve in leadership roles like Willa. <laughs> and and just to like add to this, like this summer is um, really focusing on um, interns who have who've been through the program before. But if you're young and you want to participate in AMI, um, feel free to contact us. Um, you know, we have equipment here. We have space here. We have um, basically, you know, we might not always have a paid internship, but we always are here to help you collaborate and work on projects. Um, this, you, there's a really great resource for anyone who is looking for an artistic outlet, especially in the county. Um, and so we're happy to, like, provide space and um, some training and some equipment. So, um, AMI is always here. Um, and you can contact, uh, Kate is out right now, going to be out soon with, uh, her new baby. So I'll give my email address. Um, and when Kate's back, uh, you can contact either of us. Um, but you can just contact me, Willa at appleshop.org and that's W-I-L-L-A. Um, yeah, so I'm always happy to meet and work with young people who um, want to know more about the project. I, I think also on that note, too, is that if you have a film project or something that seems really exciting and you just kind of, like, need a leg up, um, AMI also does kind of one-on-one -on -one fellowship projects and support. So if there's something coming up in the next year that seems really exciting that you would like to come and just have a support team of mentors helping you to develop a media project, please, please reach out and come and get involved and apply for the Girls Rock Summer Camp. <laughs> the applications are up now, and we're going to have a lot of different things popping up on our website, which is www.amiappleshop.org. So follow us on social media, follow us on the website, and you'll see some exciting opportunities coming up soon. Great. Well, thank you both so much, and happy birthday, AMI. Yeah. Yay! 30. 30. <laughs> Growing up. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there should be, like, a birthday party, like balloons. I and... think so. A giant cake. Pizza. Yes. Yeah. Pizza. <laughs> Pizza. Cheese bread. <laughs> Pizza. We, we always uh, – Pizza gets gone quick. At AMI. <laughs> we it's ordered... a problem. And Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Pizza and Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Yeah. Every and summer we're like, we're going to provide. Yeah. <laughs> Every summer we're like, we're going to provide healthy snacks for everyone. <laughs> and then we end up with like a bag of rotten apples and a bunch of empty Pop-Tart and pizza boxes. <laughs> a giant container of hummus that's never been opened that like in the fall of the next year, I'm like, oh, great. There's hummus in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> we try. We try. Yeah. We
You're listening to Mountain Talk on WMMT-FM, broadcasting from the Apple Shop in downtown Whitesburg, Kentucky. On today's show, we're celebrating the Appalachian Media Institute's 30th birthday. We just heard from AMI staff members Kate Fowler and Willa Johnson. Next up, we'll hear from two AMI participants, Oakley Fugate and Destiny Caldwell. My name is uh, Oakley Price Fugit. I'm uh, from Whitesburg, Kentucky. Um, I've been a part of AMI for many years now. I'm practically the ghost of the boom building by this point. Um, <laughs> so I'm uh, currently uh, 24 years old, uh, and I was first involved with AMI when I was uh, 16 going on uh, 17. And how did you get involved with AMI? Um, I was in my fifth period uh, fantasy literature class, which was like the one class I actually paid attention to in high school. And I'd been making uh, my own like little short films, you know, if you would even call them films. They were just, you know, uh, basically splicing uh, clips together, and that was it. Um, and so... Um, uh, two people come in, uh, Ben Spangler and Eagle uh, Brosley, and they started talking about they were doing a fall uh, audio lab, and you know I was like, yeah, I, I, I can. Uh, I was like, I, I can give that a shot, but I really, um, I really hadn't worked on uh, developing my writing yet. Uh, you know, I get really hyper, and sometimes I just can't bring myself to type. So I think for the application, I uh, was probably like a grand total of 150 uh, 50 words. So I turned that in, and for whatever reason, they're like, let's give this guy a shot. So I came in, and they were like, why should you be a part of the lab this fall? And I pulled out an old blank DVD that I had that I'd made of a few of my movies. And I was like, do you have something to play this? And, you know, so we put it in the computer, and I just showed them about three or four of my films, uh, and then I think they just asked a couple of questions, like, did I have any experience in in, in audio, which I, I really cringe now, but uh, I said, yeah, I've got plenty of experience with audio. Whenever I need to do voiceovers, I just use my camera's onboard mic and put it right up right up to my face, so that's 
But so they they decide to do it, and I've you know just ha 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 just keep coming back. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any like? I, I bet you have more than one favorite memories of AMI. Mm-hmm. But what are some that stick out? Whether they're funny or kind of uh, sweet or scary or <laughs> so, yeah one, one of my favorite stories was uh was when i first uh, got to become a peer trainer because it just so happened that summer was like full of interns that had never met nor really interacted with me so it's you know kind of like an awkward first week uh first couple of weeks just because you know like they they would be like tell you know telling some jokes that probably wouldn't be boss for friendly and then like they'd see me walking in the room and just like immediately quiet up and uh, also because that was like the summer I carried on my my peer trainer uh, Brian Dunn's habit of pulling a bunch of pranks like um I got them uh, you know them bean boozled or it's like a bunch of jelly beans and the blue ones are either blueberry or toothpaste the yellow ones are either lime or rotten eggs you know really (laughs) (laughs) so uh so, you know, like the very first day of AMI, I just got, you know, I just set out a bowl and just poured like, like all these, you know, like all these jelly beans and one, one person fell for it. And I feel, I feel bad just because uh, he got the vom- vomit flavored one at oh, first. No. So, you know, that's, that's probably not the best, like for a uh, for first day on, on AMI <laughs> and then, uh, you know, like as the summer grew on, you know, people got more comfortable around me, you know, like they were. You know, I wasn't going to be like that strict uh, overboss. I was, you know, I was just really doing like what my, you know, like what everyone did for me, you know, and it was, um, you know, like, like AMI is not afraid to let you make a mistake, you know, it's like, and they teach you to defend, you know, to defend your work. Like if everybody in the world is saying your film sucks, but you disagree, you know, they teach you to stand up for it, you know, stand up for what you, uh, for, for what you, you believe in. And I think my, uh, one of my of her favorite memories was during final projects, you know, I'm like there, there used to be this space, like, like in the attic, you could look down and like, like see like one of the, like one of the ed- editing rooms. So, uh, camp, you know, I camped out there for about 30, 40 minutes you know, watched the group edit, and then they slowly started to, you know, goof off, uh, and so I had a bunch of puppets, which is something you throw, you know, it makes a pretty loud noise, so I just dropped a handful of them down, like, into that, to that room, scared everyone to death, and just said, as calm as I can, get back to work, and just walked (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that's, that's what I love the most about AMI, it's like, you know, it's it's like the perfect mix of letting you do your own thing and a structured work work environment. How do you feel like AMI has impacted your life? Mm, I'd uh, I'd say AMI's uh, been like the single biggest impact in my life. Uh, first of all, I kept, you know I wasn't going to go to college, and you know they talked me into going in college. Uh, ben Spangler talked me into applying, and Natasha Watts helped me fill out my in my application and do like all that tedious college paperwork um and they you know kept me employed uh you know off and on like so many uh labs and each one i learned to do so many things and you know they helped me get this grant which is currently funding my you know funding a film about lgbt rights i'm producing you know they helped me get that which is 
you know, improved my life uh, tr uh, tremendously. Uh, you know, there's just like so many ways that the, this program has impacted my life. You know, I, you know, I, I really don't think I could even see where I would be if I, if I wasn't a part, a part of it. Well, since AMI is turning 30 this summer, mm -hmm. um, what are your happy birthday wishes for AMI and your hopes for the next 30 years? Uh, I just hope, uh, you know, I'm, I hope it continues being the the program I love. And like in so many ways, it just continues to improve. And, you know, I just hope it adapts, uh, you know, as, as all things do. But, you know, they like the core of the program stays the same the same and just in the next 30 years i hope to be i hope to be the you know that that, that decade-long filmmaker inspiring people the way uh, you know herbie elizabeth me may have always inspired me uh, and you know and, and i still hope to be uh, uh, be ha 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 haunting the boom building <laughs> awesome well thank you thanks for talking with me about uh, anytime um, my name is Destiny Caldwell, and I'm from uh, Leslie County, Kentucky. I first got involved with AMI um, in 2011 when uh, my counselor picked out a couple of students that he thought would be interested in it, and um, me and my best friend Olivia were one of the two that applied and actually both got in that year, so we did AMI together. And uh, I did AMI again for the second time, in 2014 and since then have um, worked on and off with the Apple shop doing stuff uh, as much as I can. So um, what are some of your most memorable experiences with AMI? I have there is so much that has happened with like being involved with the Apple shop but I remember from my first year of AMI really just like it was my first time ever being over like this side of the mountain or being over here at all and just like meeting a bunch of like cool people and um, making a lot of new friends and um, like just exploring like Pine Mountain and playing on Chandra Lawn up on the mountain or going to Jim Webb's for the first time and um, just a lot of really crazy stuff that you don't even really think about anymore because you've been here so long now. What about, it seems like a lot of people have some really funny memories with AMI of either things going wrong or or just like pranks people play on each other. Oh yeah, me and uh, my first year, uh, there's usually a couple people that end up dropping out or something happens and the first year that ended up being our entire final group except for me and one other girl, Savannah Sweeney. And so it was just me and her in the back room, and that was where the bathroom was. And everyone would come in there to go to the bathroom, and we would jump out and scare them until they said we couldn't do it anymore. Because <laughs> it got so bad. Everyone would scream every 10 minutes, and I don't know how they didn't, like, get used to us being there. Because we did it every time they went to the bathroom. What are some of the things that AMI has taught you? Well, um, aside from just, like, what everyone expects with, like, camera skills and time management and, like, just learning how to do more, like, professional skills, like, I really think uh, my first year of AMI really, like, helped me come into myself. And I know my second year did. I just was more aware of it my second year because I was a lot older. But um, 
I remember the first time I came to AMI was like the first place that I didn't like wear makeup in public every day or really care. It was just like a whole different environment than I that I was used to. And uh, I really wish I would have got to participate in it more than I got to, but I got to participate a whole lot more than a whole lot of other people did. Hmm. And how else do you feel like you came into yourself through the program? Um, well, I think it was like the first time I really like met people that had stuff in common with me that I didn't have like a lot of other problems with, like just high school drama and stuff and like finding people you actually feel like you belong with. And uh, I felt like that was in Whitesburg for like the longest time. And or at least like with a lot of the people of Whitesburg for a really long time or a lot of the people that like gravitate towards the Apple shop, I felt like were really like minded and really understood me a lot more than like I think anybody else had at that point in my life. Hmm. Um, and what has AMI kind of meant for your life? Well, I really I don't think I would be where I am at all today or really know where I would be if I hadn't because I mean like everything I have done since I have started AMI has been like because of it or because of like similar interests that I have in other programs I've done that are similar like through my high school and stuff like vocational school training and stuff like everything I've wanted to do since then has been like involving cameras and involving like the editing software they've taught me and the skills they've taught me and I just don't think I would be as successful as I am right now if I hadn't have went through it. And I don't really think I'd be the same person if I hadn't have went through it. Yeah. Um, so AMI's turning 30 this year. <laughs> and um, I wonder if you have any, like, happy birthday wishes for the program or hopes for the next 30 years of AMI. I hope it goes for 300 more years. I think it's great. And, you know, there may be problems that come and go, like with anything. But overall, I think, like, AMI in itself, like, needs to keep happening in some way or fashion because, like, the kids around here really need it. And it was invaluable to me and so many other people that I've talked to about it. And I just know, like, there would be a much... A whole lot more kids around here with, like, less bright futures if I am. I wasn't here for them. That's it for this week's edition of Mountain Talk, celebrating 30 years of innovative youth media training and leadership development at the Appalachian Media Institute. Music on this episode comes from the June Apple recording of Uncle Charlie Osborne with a tune called Sugar in the Gourd. If you'd like to listen to this or previous episodes again, you can find them on our website at www.wmmt.org or Download Mountain Talk wherever you get your podcasts. I've been your host, Rachel Geringer, and from all of us at WMMT, thanks for listening to Real People Radio.